0: Deep in the undercellars of the massive stone building known as the Royal Court of Cormier were chambers that no one but certain senior crown-sworn wizards of the realm ever willingly entered. The doors were as thick as stylish horse carriages, stretched wide and barred with great beams that required several sweating men to shift. The brightest lights those large, nigh-empty chambers ever saw were spell-glows The chambers were one of the places that the war wizards of Cormier cast dangerous and unpleasant spells that, hopefully, weren't too explosive. Spells that were necessary, but better kept hidden. The silently raging, vivid blue fires of mighty spells flared and flickered busily in one of those rooms, making eerie masks of the grim faces of the two war wizards who stood watching a third at work. Laspera Nerenth and Beldos Margaster made not a sound. The dragon tail rings on their fingers spat tiny lightnings in response to each of Van Gerdahast's powerful spells, but otherwise they were still. Those magics raged and swirled, and finally each died down in turn and faded away. After a long, silent time, the royal magician of Cormir turned wearily away from the unconscious man on the cot. I've done all I can, Van Gerda growled. Margus, sir. The elderly man, who'd once been the trusted confidant and messenger of King Azun's father, the second ruling Rygard, shook his head grimly. As well cast as I've ever seen, he said grimly. If they work not, then the gods meant this one's life not to stretch longer. If we confine him... The worms will eat his head hollow from within. Laspera nodded, and then three wizards' heads turned as one, as they all watched something black and slimy gush from Florin Falconhand's nose, lift from the cot like a wet and unwilling bat, and sail through the air to land with a splat in the brazier in front of Laspera. She lifted both of her hands in command, the brazier's flames roared up obediently, and the black thing sizzled. Suddenly it popped, sending Laspera reeling back, but Margister was ready. Something streaked from his pointing finger, consuming the black fragments in a tiny raging sphere of flames that drew the fire of the brazier up into it, extinguishing the blaze, but reducing the blackness to nothing at all. "'That's the last of his mindworms,' Van Gerdehast said. "'We're almost done.' All three of them turned rather reluctantly to look across the room at another cot. It held all that was left of Crown crownsilver, a bloody heap surrounded by more spell glows. From the waist up, she was nothing but wet, amorphous gore. "'So ends that fair flower of the crownsilvers,' Vangy muttered. "'She'd riddled with them and must be burned, I'm afraid. Lasp?' Laspera nodded grimly and cast a careful spell that enshrouded the cot with magic that ignited and, spiraling slowly, drank all within it. Narantha's funeral pyre rose into softly reaching flames and smoke that became part of the rising shroud, twisted into it, and then dwindled. The three wizards watched until nothing was left but ashes on the stone floor. Van Gerdehast cast a spell of his own on them, sighed, and announced, This threat to the realm is ended. He strode briskly to the door. Now for the next one. Master Understeward of Chambers, Halakon Amranther, strode grandly to the double doors and flung them wide, seven liveried doorjacks at his heels. Now we must make haste, he commanded, because the knights will be here in less than a bell, and all must be... He stopped, blinked at the four people sprawled quietly in the most comfortable lounges at the northeastern corner of the room, and snapped. "'And who are you? How did you get in here?' The woman, who looked like a burly, almost mannish farm lass, looked up at him and said calmly, "'Islif Lurlake, at your service, courtier.'